Hey, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Dan and the Creators. Today, our guest is my friend, Dane Poppin. Dane is a multi-instrumentalist based out of Nashville, uh, Tennessee, in case you forgot where Nashville is. Uh, some bands current that he's currently working with include Dashboard Confessional and Jesse James, De- uh, Jesse James Decker. There you go. Messed that up. Super professional. Close uh, enough. <laughs> previously, Dane has played in a couple of really sick bands, a few of which include the likes of of Mice and Men and A Static Lullaby. Please welcome my friend, Dane Poppin. Dane, what's up, dog? That's me, dude. In the in the flesh. In the in the flesh, bro. Digitally in the flesh, of course. Digital flesh. Because COVID, dude. Because COVID. <laughs> dude, speaking of, <laughs> let's dive in. <laughs> let's get you... political right <laughs> off the bat, dude. <laughs> you, you and your wife are some of the most careful people I have ever I have observed throughout this Ugh. entire thing, but yet you both somehow got COVID. <laughs> somehow, dude. Somehow. What straight happened? off the bat. I'm patient zero. Feels oh. like, dude, I don't know. We were quarantining like day one. Like we were on tour. I was on tour um, with Dashboard and we were in New York City, like the belly of the beast when it really like it hit the fan. Um yeah. And we like shows immediately started getting canceled, um, like all in one day, like in, in, the, in the space of like four or five hours, everyone just started canceling everything in the touring world. Um, and we basically were just like, we got to get home because like we're in the worst possible place to be right now for like an mm-hmm. outbreak. And like they were cor- they were already shutting down city blocks and and like flights and travel were starting to get gnarly. Luckily, we were, like, on a bus, so that wasn't a huge issue. But we just, like, we canceled, like, a month's worth of shows and just headed straight home. Um, and I was, like, you know, we stayed quarantined. We were safe because, like, we have family that, that you know, uh, we don't want them to get sick. Um, like, my wife's parents and, you know, friends and families who are who, – we got friends who are pregnant. And it was, you know, all over the place. So we didn't want to get sick, so we, we kept it locked down for months, you know. Months, bro, months. Yeah, like we were pretty hardcore about it. Um, but then an opportunity came up with a bunch of like fellow touring buddies of mine who uh, who were getting together to do like a benefit show for Music Cares and Save Our Stages. Um, and those are two things I was like, yes, I would love to support that because that, these are the people who need it right now, you know, among others. Mm-hmm. But like this is, of course, close to my heart. Um and it was super safe. Like they checked, they checked everyone's temperatures when you came in. Everyone had to wear masks. There was no crowd there. It was all, it was all just like a live uh, filmed performance, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I had I performed three out of four songs with this jabroni who had been playing downtown Broadway <laughs> the week the weekend before. And like you know, you know that photo that went viral of like in Kid Rocks, and it was like packed out, and no yes. one was wearing a mask, and and it was just like insane looking. Yeah, that was where this person was playing, like sick, <laughs> and hanging and hanging out. Yeah, I was like, cool. Yeah, I didn't find that out until after. It would have been good info to have oh, previous. Um, so like with all in with rehearsals and performing the songs and everything, like I I was standing next to this person for like nine songs essentially. Um, 
and they were singing. So like that is just like a super spreader. Um, and yeah, so like they found out the next day they went and got tested. Um, I don't know, maybe they were showing symptoms maybe they weren't, but, um, they went and got tested the next day and everyone found out. So everyone else got tested and like, lo and behold, yeah, positive. For Damn. Yep. The so, irony is astounding. Dude. I mean, I was livid at the, you know, specifically at this person for, for being downtown. Oh, I bet. Yeah. You know, hanging out and, and playing and like the whole music industry is like shut down to try and flatten the curve. You know, no one's making money. No one is going out and touring. No one's playing shows, but this like certain group of knuckleheads feel like they still have a right to go out and perform to the, to the drunken dummies. Yeah. Down, of course. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just keeping, that's the reason Nashville is like the laughing stock of the country because <laughs> all these tourists are still coming and partying in the bars and, and we're allowing it to happen and we're performing for them still. And so, yeah, it was a whole thing, Man, but yeah. yeah, it was about a month of just like a gnarly flu and uh, like upper respiratory issues and headaches and like, really like, thank God we were like, fairly healthy young people because if it happened to an older person what we had we'd be screwed yeah i i am i truly am so glad you're okay because it's yeah it's definitely i've talked about it before but i feel like i've had it in january and if if what i had is the same thing that you had and the same thing that you know is COVID essentially yeah man old people it makes sense why people who maybe already had an asthma problem can't breathe when they have it or whatever yeah yeah, it felt like, you know, something was just sitting on your chest. It was hard to catch your breath. Ugh. And like I had like a like a chest cough for the whole month um that finally went away. Um but it was like scary. Like there's a lot of what ifs with with that virus that no one knows, you know. Mm. So Yeah. So anyhow, yeah. I had it. I'm dude, I'm 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 proof that you <laughs> that it's possible to get. Yeah. And, but now since you had it, you're immune, so you're at the bars licking walls looking mm-hmm. glasses <laughs> now dude now it's me down on broadway performing at kid rock's big ass honky tonk steakhouse and whatever Just shaking your booty bro like what's dude, up <laughs> gun, dude i can do guns and roses covers i can do tears for fears covers dude i can do keith urban whatever you need oh my god i got it dude, keith urban what what a heartthrob right <laughs> oh truly truly the australian thunder from down under dude dude i'm like so not hip to country music that i found out keith urban was like from australia like i promise you a year ago <laughs> yeah yeah it's news to me and well how like, do you know unless you hear him in an interview he doesn't sing with an australian accent unfortunately yeah, country music all sounds the same to me so i was just like what the fuck this guy what <laughs> you know i don't know a ton about keith urban but i do know like in the guitar world he's considered a shredder like or like really talented on guitar um yeah i've definitely and he's like heard that pretty pretty hardcore about his gear i was in um carter carter's vintage guitars and here in nashville and they had a a snakeskin wrapped dum- dumble guitar head um i don't know if you're familiar with those but they're like you know like the holy grail of guitar heads because the guy doesn't make them anymore um but they wanted like 250 grand for it what um, yeah, and then it disappeared, and apparently, old Keith Urban bought it with his uh, with his big old bank account, rolled in and grabbed it. 
Dude, that's so wild. Okay, <laughs> dude, if if you had the kind of bank account that could swoop in on a 250k guitar head, right? Like if you had the the ability to do that, what's like the first thing off the top of your head that you would buy? Dude, a snakeskin wrapped double guitar head. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Obviously, that's the obvious purchase, dude. Duh. It's an investment. Anything snakeskin wrapped. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, honestly, I mean, to answer the question seriously, off the top of my head, I mean, if it was music related, it would be like a a 62, 63 Fender P bass. um, Because that's been like my dream guitar forever. Yeah. Um, And, uh, but even those aren't like totally unobtainable nowadays. They're only like. We're around ten grand, right? Ten or fifteen grand. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I have like over two hundred thousand left over. Um, <laughs> yes, would you buy a house after, like, put yeah, potentially a home, a roof, <laughs> a roof for my family to live buy, under. I'm gonna buy a duplex rental property. <laughs> <laughs> it's an investment in the Gulch. I'm gonna buy buy some yeah, some fixer uppers. I feel like in the Gulch, you would buy, like, the shittiest property, and that would just be the down payment somehow. Yeah, it gives you a one-bedroom studio apartment. Dude, it's so funny. Like, like, so you've been in Nashville for six years? Seven? Uh, What is it? Four, 2014, I think we moved. So about six. Yeah, going on seven, I suppose. Okay, yeah, because I feel like our, our timelines are really similar getting yeah, they're here. Close. they're but close. But, like, okay, dude – so when I, I feel like uh, uh, I'm I'm in like a, a Bible study group with a guy who's lived here for like 20 years. So hearing mm-hmm. him talk about Nashville, I'm just like, whoa. Um, but uh, I think even back like six years, right? Whoa, long time. But six years, <laughs> like the Gulch then is like laughable to how like built up it is now, right? Oh, truly. It exploded, dude. That's I mean – yeah, we you know, again, six years isn't that long in the in the grand scheme of things, but it's it's like the perfect time to be here and to see like the shift, and yeah. like already already people were moving moving here when we did, mm-hmm. but like we lived in Berry Hill, which is south of the city, uh, but like pretty much in the city still, and there was just like a period of six months where it just like became very obvious that there was something crazy going on. Like traffic mm-hmm. just all of a sudden got wild. Um, oh yeah. And like housing, like we were trying to buy a house and it was just like housing prices just skyrocketed. We're like, well, I guess that's not happening. You know, so crazy. So great. Yeah. Did, now, did you, sorry, what? No, no, no go. No. Ahead. I was saying at the same time, like back then, six years ago, man, I wish we just would have just bought a house, you know, mm. like in East Nashville or just somewhere that was up and coming and hip. And, you know, about right now, we would have been selling the thing for like double what we paid for it. Um, yeah, and and moving up in the world, you know, like a like an investment banker, dude. I would have to get a suit and a tie and all that dude, stuff. Suit and a tie, and then you'd go buy snakeskin wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to live that life. Maybe it's a good thing we didn't buy right away. <laughs> dude, I I mean, Barry Hills a sick area. You guys yeah. rented an apartment there for a hot minute, right? Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, most of the like the first like four years we were there. Um, so, yeah, it was great, man. We were really close to like Baja Burrito. I was just gonna just, say it's a fucking holy grail of Barry Hill. Truly, yeah. And there's a lot of good food there too. And the Thousand Oaks was 
pretty cool and like the, the big old movie theater there and stuff um and it was so you know it was so quick to get around and, and but it, it came to a point where like you know it just it was like affecting our quality of life like how bad traffic got and like oh, oh, you just oh. couldn't go anywhere from like four to seven you know you couldn't leave because we were right off thompson lane which was like a shortcut between freeways oh yeah and um yeah it just were like we gotta we gotta get out of the city i'd rather drive an extra 10 minutes to get to somewhere we want to go um you know go live out of the city somewhere rather than having to sit in this to basically not deal with traffic yeah dude it's that's that's one thing that i'm not excited about returning is the traffic because it's like i mean it's so much better right now right here yeah i mean and it's picked up but still it's not nearly as bad but man i feel like in february you know, pre everything, it was just like you say four to seven. I mean, to, to like s- expand upon that, you couldn't get anywhere in the morning, like right. 7 a.m. Yeah. Seven to, seven to 10, four to seven. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> and then, oh, 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 there's the lunch hump. So yep. from 12, 1130 to like one thirty, it was like kind of tight. Yep. So there's only like, two real windows there's 10 to 11 30 you're cruising you're very brief very brief window <laughs> and then 1 to 4 you're yeah. like you're doing okay <laughs> dude and i just yeah i just couldn't i could adjust to that schedule man so we had to get out that but it's old yeah but we moved north of the city and it's so much more chill and um it's just like a little community up here that we don't want to hardly have to go to the city unless we want to see friends or go to a certain restaurant or a bar or something like that yeah uh, of course not now but back then back in the yeah. good old days no no now you're going to the bars and just licking the walls and the glasses and stuff yeah i'm strictly a door licker now um we don't we don't <laughs> just go the for, handles <laughs> we don't go for entertainment <laughs> like as people walk in like instead of being a guy who like carts people you just like let me see your hand and you lick the top of their hand perfect Oh yeah, that's well. That's that's a thought. That's a choice. <laughs> that's so weird. I'm that's sorry. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, okay, we we said we'd talk about music, and I, <laughs> I mean, sure, we can, we can do that. Sure, yeah, that's what we do. That's technically what we do, right? Sort of. Used, used to. I'm ex musician currently, <laughs> currently un- <laughs> currently unemployed. <laughs> Oh my gosh, dude. Uh, so, I mean, that's a, kind of an interesting thing. To, well, not interesting thing, but like something I feel like a lot of people kind of know about, right? I mean, I feel like yeah, tons of people are out of work. This is something we know, but don't necessarily have a means to articulate. Right. Like, obviously, besides tours, like tours ending, so you're not on the road. But like, what have been like... I've seen a lot. I'm trying to formulate a question. I'm think, I'm riffing off the top of my head, so you'll have to share. Sure. No, but essentially, fine. I feel like a lot of people have evolved their careers. They haven't necessarily parted ways with music, but because music has slowed down or stopped, they've they've had to kind of pivot, if you will. Yeah. Have you have you found something to pivot into or to expand upon, or like what have you been what have you been doing lately? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I mean. I took it as an opportunity to, I mean, this is like pretty common, I think for musicians, but 
currently um but i kind of upgraded like my home recording rig just you know to be able to still make music with people yeah and, uh, and try and make money to playing on people's records you know and just being available to do that um so that's been great i've been able to like focus on some projects that have been long gestating you know with other people mm. um just because like you know you know that thing where like you're you're on a tour or you're you know just hanging out with friends and you're like hey we should start a band like let's do a side project that's this you know like this metal band we've always been talking about doing or this like country pop or whatever genre but like it's something that you don't normally do but you've always wanted to um so like that's half the battle is just finding the people to do this band with and the second half of the battle is like locking everyone's schedules down because everyone tours you know and everyone everyone is like always on some sort of different schedule or they're gone and they're not able to record or meet up to practice or something like that. So something like this where everyone is stuck at home now, it's like, well, Hey, we can finally like at least start writing, you know, and sending tracks to each other and, and working on stuff. Um, so yeah, I took that opportunity to kind of upgrade a few, a few parts of my, uh, my home recording thing, um, which has been nice. Cause I, I put that off cause that's like not my wheelhouse or mm. not even really like my passion, I would say. Like, I'm never like, I was never big into like wanting to be a producer or, or upgrade, throw a bunch of money into like a home rig, you know, and then yeah, yeah. sit in my sit in my bedroom and, and do that, which is, you know, I would love to have the, have the drive and the passion to do that because, you know, it's just another avenue for creating music and, and making money and, and being a musician, you know, mm -hmm. um, having it in your wheelhouse. So this was like an opportunity to be like, well, I, I kind of have to do it, you know, because mm. like, I'm certainly not touring right now. And yeah. I think performing live and is really like where I get the most out of playing music, you know, mm -hmm. or in the industry. And, and I, I, I enjoy touring and stuff like that. You know, it, it always agreed with me. Um, so it's just, you know, a pivot to focus on a, another aspect of, of my job that is, has been overlooked, which has been great, you know, honestly. Yeah, um, I love that. Yeah, and it's an opportunity to practice more and focus on your instrument, you know, because there's going to be there's a there's going to be a time when when we can all tour again and you know, there's going to be like you know, hundreds of artists looking to hit the road again and they're going to need musicians, you know, and people who have who balance like two or three touring gigs are going to have to make a choice on one of them, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's, I feel like at some point, probably in 2021, there's just going to be like an influx of, of gigs, you know? Um, so right now is when we need to be like rehearsing and bettering yourself as a musician and working on your discography and your skills. So like once it's out there, it's like if the opportunity comes up to, to get an audition or something like that or play with someone, you're going to be your best, your best you. you know yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, 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 I definitely resonate with that because I've thought about that too. It's like uh, this this season, if you will, is like the per like obviously the circumstances, blah blah, blah terrible. I mean, a hundred percent. But if you approach it like how, what you're saying, like to further kind of like pontificate on that, it's like the reality is is like this is a crazy kind of hibernation era season where you can really hone in on stuff you never really had time for right. and like if you like during the hibernation if you will really 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 like 
work on whatever it is, you know, if it was poetry or if it was like photography or, you know, whatever, shedding, like just having better chops or learning songs faster, or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, man, yeah, it's like in a year when things, you know, hopefully every finger and toe crossed or however you do it, uh, pick back up, you're going to be like ready and better off for it, you know? Yeah. You know, we were just talking the other day, you know, there's going to be so many amazing like movie scripts that come from this time oh, or wow. like, you know, just records, you know, like we're already hearing quarantine records, you know, from artists because what else are they going to do? Um, totally. Yeah. yeah. You know, and but like for for an example, we were just talking, my, my wife uh, is obsessed with the musical Hamilton, okay. Broadway, the Broadway musical. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, she's just like, ever since like it came out, you know, the audio, like the cast recordings, she's just like been so into it. And then she finally finally went and saw it in New York with her sister. And like that only like, you know, further fueled the fire. And so <laughs> I've never like been super, super like, yeah, I love Hamilton. Hell yeah. Um, but, but I, you know, like I heard the music by, you know, like by no choice of my own. It was just there. because My wife would listen to it. So like I was brainwashed, you know? Yeah. I became familiar with it. But then when it came out on Disney plus, like, we watched it and I was honestly blown away. Like it's incredible. Um, just like everything about it is just so well done and so well written and, and Damn directed. And, dude. Yeah. They got me. Like they got me. <laughs> um, Stockholm, call it Stockholm syndrome or finally like, you know, <laughs> you know, see, finally seeing it in person or whatever, you know, on falling in love with your captor. Got it. <laughs> Truly, you know, help, send help. <laughs> but Anyhow, so we've we've been on like a, a Lin Manuel Miranda deep dive like this past the past few months. Just like we just watched all his stuff, you know, or like interviews, and now YouTube just recommends the most wild random stuff to us because of what we watched. <laughs> of course. So anyhow, we were having a conversation about him the other day, and he is doing all the music for the Little Mermaid movie. Like he's writing all the music for it for the mm -hmm. live action one, and we we're just like man can you imagine like how good those songs are going to be now because mm. you know he like of course you're working on a deadline you you know we are talented you of course it's, it's going to be good either way like you, you know turn them out they're done here you are enjoy but like imagine if like someone who's that talented but like is forced to just like work on it with no deadline you know or like you know or just like you got all the time in the world no pressure make it as good as you as you can or as you want yeah. In general, I think I think we're going to see like an elevated form of artistry from all different aspects. You know? Yeah, yeah. Do you tell? And I feel like I like I will never be as good of a musician as you. Like you're just ridiculous. You have Aww. crazy chops. Aww. And like, but the babe. cool, huh? Oh, I said, oh, babe, thanks. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but I feel like in my own right, like in my own thing, like, like you're going to continue to get better and get like crazy chops. And yeah, like you're learning how to engineer and record and get good sounds, which is fucking awesome. And about time. Cause you're so good. You should be able to do that too. So I'm like really happy to hear that. But like, I definitely resonate with that too, because like, man, music hasn't stopped for me either, you know? And I, and I really hope everyone, has had an opportunity to cash in on it. I know everyone processes differently. So some people probably had that like huge 
depression hit the wall. Like my identity was tied up in X, Y, Z, and now I can no longer do it. Therefore I'm falling apart, which mm-hmm. I've, I've been there. So I understand that. Um, but like I, I've already realized I'm not cool and balding and I don't do anything neat. So I was home already <laughs> trapped in the studio making records anyways. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, unfortunately it's, you know, it, it's, it comes to a point where, you know, you have to decide if like this thing that's not making you any money is what you want to do for your, mm. for the rest of your life. Um, and, you know, there was already that, you know, with art, art is already kind of that way, you know, there's not mm. a ton of money in it unless you get lucky, you know, it's talent and luck. Those are the two things, you know, and, and some, some, well, in a town like Nashville, there's, there's a lot of ass kissing involved too. Um, of course, but, you know, especially with a thing like this, where, you know, no one's really making any money doing it. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people that are just gonna just give it up, which, which is terrible, but, you know, also at the same time, I feel like it's just going to be like a cream rises to the top situation. You know, it's like the ones who are truly passionate about it and the ones that, you know, are, are, uh, smart not smart enough but just you know have, have find out ways to continue doing it and, and make a living doing it during this time um or clever enough or, or you know can figure it out anyhow at the end of it when when we can actually do it all again for a living i think the people who stuck it out and and have a true passion for it are still going to be there and are going to be able to continue to do it which you know totally might, it might weed out some of the some of the uh the people who you know, maybe shouldn't have been doing it in the first place or I mean, that's how I felt about Guitar Hero the game. Like I remember <laughs> people being like, yo, Guitar Hero, this is whack because it's not real music and this and that. And I remember just being like, Honestly, I love this thing because mm-hmm. if kids are like, Oh fucking great at Guitar Hero and then they like they're just content doing that. It's like, well sick. When are yeah. you ever gonna vie for anything that I'm doing? <laughs> yeah. It kind of gets to let out. Yeah, That's like, man. Yeah, the people who want to perform and feel like they're playing with a rock band can do it, you know, and that's how they get their fix. Yeah. And Problem maybe they solved. Won't, <laughs> maybe they won't, yeah, like, maybe they won't crowd crowd the rest of us who are actually, you know, hopefully <laughs> hopefully have a passion for it, you know, or actually want to do it for a living. Um, yeah. And I that's mean, not to say that anyone is invalid in, in what they want totally. to do. Like, there's totally. there's plenty of, like, not super talented people who have made a living doing it and are happy and enjoying themselves and more power to them, man. If you don't have yeah. to practice and you still can make a living playing music sick, you, you figured <laughs> it out, dude. That's a lot of I know? mean, and, that, and that's the thing too, like to, to kind of circle back, like I'm not really celebrating in anyone's career, either falling apart or any sort of like, and I'm not even like apologizing. I am just literally articulating. Like I find no joy in people, running into hard times and having to switch careers because their job falls out from underneath them. Right. I mean, that, that to me is sad, you know, but at the same time, I think for the sake of art, the, the positive thing of looking at is saying like, man, the shit that makes it through all of this nonsense is going to be powerful, you know? Right. Yeah. And I feel like maybe that's more of like what we're trying to like articulate. Um, Yeah. You know, you gotta, you just gotta, you gotta adapt. You know, it's like mm-hmm. if if you were like a a, C, a guy who made CDs for a living, 
you know, you don't have a job anymore. So hopefully you've adapted into working with streaming or some other facet of, of the music industry, you know, as you can still do what you're passionate about, but it doesn't have to be that one thing that you've gotten lucky with for a certain amount of time, you know? Yeah. Like it's just, it's a, it's, you know, life is about adapting anyways, you know? So, I mean, it's kind of, I feel like if you're in, if you're in the creative world and I can, we can speak to music specifically, but it's almost like an interesting human trait that is kind of refined as we live is because we are forced to to do that to adapt whether it's something simply of within the the lines of work that we do like let's say like you for instance are multi-instrumentalist like you get really good you make it in one band you're crushing it like at some point like you can't say i'm gonna play genre x my whole life right because at some point band x with genre x either takes a break or breaks up or whatever. And then for you to continue to eat, you have to be open to other maybe Y and Z and A and B, you know, like that evolution that you're kind of forced into. I feel like a lot of creatives, we all are. So as again, catastrophic as this is pivoting and evolving is like kind of old news. (laughs) Yeah. Are you sure? Well, I mean, I'm a perfect example of that when it comes to like my current gig. Like, you know, I've been a bass player my whole life. You know, like mm-hmm. that was my first instrument. That's the yeah. first one I was drawn to. And that's the one I I practiced and woodshedded and took lessons, etc. Um, but along the way, I've kind of like, you know, picked up guitar and, and uh, like playing keys every once in a while and figured out how the piano works. But it wasn't until... Um, it came around that dashboard confessional needed a guy to do those things that I was just like, I mean, there's an opportunity there. And like, I, these are my friends, you know, I, I like all these people and I would be happy to fill that role. You know, mm, um, it's not like my, you know, the instrument I put all my time into, but it's instruments that I enjoy playing. And I, I, I know and would love to get better at honestly. So yeah. like what better way to like, to to learn how have to learn how to play the piano than be getting paid to do it you know totally it being a you know a way to further your career and 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 become better at it because that's the number one motivator is money you know i mean we all (laughs) gotta survive we all gotta survive and like you know and 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 put food on the table and and pay rent so like if if all i have to do to do that is, is is learn how to play piano when it's not my main instrument but it's still an instrument it's like yeah i'll i'll expand my 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 instrument list and and also be able to go on tour with my friends and yeah and and do what i want to do you know um so yeah it's all about just like you know adapting to your situation and and taking opportunities where they are and and you know not not putting yourself in a box and being like well that's not what i do you know yeah. it's literally like a fake it till you make it situation sometimes and dude i mean and i was, I was going to say too like when you talk about motivator like there's nothing like getting paid to, to get better at something it's like also on the other side of that there's nothing like being pressured to not eat shit in front of three thousand people <laughs> exactly yeah because there's like yeah i'm not gonna get up there and, and suck at it you know <laughs> like there's there's one point when like you know when you play a show and you'll, you'll go back and like try and find like instagram tags or something like that just to like hear what it sounds like to the crowd oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was times when I did that and I was like, 
oh shit like my guitar is really loud right there in that part <laughs> i like i need to get better i need to practice that part more because like <laughs> i was i was half-assing it for sure so, like, yeah there's no there's no better motivator than than having to get up in front of people and do it you know and and actually be heard so Dude, that was that was an eye-opener for me <laughs> it's so funny like wait a minute they can hear me <laughs> Yeah, it's like I assumed I was just like way back in the mix, just chilling. Like I'm a supporting role, but like no, apparently not on that part. At least I, I need to get my shit together. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> <laughs> but that's always been. I mean, I've always kind of been. Um, you know, I wouldn't like be like I'm a perfectionist. You know, like everything needs to be perfect. But I put a lot of stress on like my performance, regardless of people here, if whether people hear it or not. Um, cause it's like, I'll, I'll get off stage sometimes and be like that, like, that was not cool. Like, I'm not happy with like how my performance was. And then everyone else is like, sounded great to me. Like, obviously the crowd rarely notices or cares, you know, like what the bass player is doing right or wrong. Um, I don't some, know. <laughs> sometimes you sure. It's, I mean, I know that there's bass players out in the crowd watching, you know, or, or people who, who like want to hear, of course you play like the parts right from the record when you can, you know, like the big parts. Um, but typically when I'm, when I, when I play, I, I try to like, you try to stay out of a rut when you're on tour, you know, and that mm. means like trying yeah. to do something a little different every night or, uh, you know, just having fun, doing a little improv when appropriate, you know? Oh, so um, you don't play, you don't play a jazz solo during the quiet part of a song ever. If they would let me, I would do it. <laughs> but no no well, honestly i've never been like a big solo guy i don't like i play bass I, but clearly i don't care about being with the center of attention you know or, or taking solos i don't know it. man have you heard <sighs> of that jaco pastorius guy <laughs> have you heard jetty lee dude <laughs> bro have you heard of um mark Oh man, Marcus Miller, bro. Mark Millard, dude. <laughs> we call him Mark, and then his friends call him Mark. Mark Miller <laughs> or Vic, Vic Wooten, dude. Oh, so like, okay. Right now, w the genres that you play in are like, so like pop country and what? What? I mean, emo, I guess, right? Duh. Yeah, I mean, I've never, you know, I guess. Dashboard was a little more emo when they was like just him and an, and an acoustic, um, and you know being uh, really heartfelt. You know, kind of like it's just me and an acoustic. This is what it is. This is my emotions. But now Dashboard is like a full on rock band. It's like we've got like three guitars and like a really hard hitting drummer. Um, and you know the songs Krabber writes now are aren't so much like. I guess what you would call emo is, is just kind of like alternative rock or just rock and roll. I don't know what you would call it, but sure. You can say I emo. digress. Emo okay, word. So yeah. Like pop country, rock. I mean, okay, so Of Mice and Men is a dramatically different kind of vibe, right? Like genre. I mean, that was like a metal sure. band technically, yeah. right? Straight up. What are some of like um, – what are some differences that you enjoyed when you did like, and that's not like there's, there's zero, like zero shade. It's not even a question formulated like that. Like what were some of the things that you really loved about that kind of music? Um, well, 
I kind of I kind of fell into that scene early on because that was like the first real gig I got, which was a static lullaby. Mm. Um, I, like I just like they had a MySpace post looking for a bass player, um, and I was just like a fan of the band, and I was like twenty, and so I was just like, yeah. I sent him a message, and I was like, hey, uh, this is what I've, this is how long I've been playing, blah blah blah, and somehow I got an audition just like from an email on MySpace. Um, and that's how I got that gig. And it was just like, now I'm in the screamo metal world, you know? That's um, so awesome. Yeah. And it was just pure luck. And like my, my local bands were like rock bands too. So I was like, you know, I was into that music. And so for the first like half of my career, it was just like doing those gigs, you know? Um, and uh, my Men came up and that wasn't, you know, that was, I was a, just basically a hired gun from, of my submit. I, I had really no interest in joining the band, but an old friend of mine was their guitar player and their bass player had just quit and they had obligations. So I was like, you know, while you're figuring it out, I, w- I would be happy to do these tours and, and, you know, just, just to help you out. And, and stuff came up with me potentially joining the band, but it really wasn't a, a huge interest to me at the time. So, Anyhow, that that all being said, there's a lot of energy in in metal and rock music that yeah. you really you don't have in in most other genres. Um, you can like, you know, from you know, from like just the physical aspect, like expressing yourself, like headbanging, just running around stage, being a madman. I kind <laughs> of like that's what I loved. Like I had a wireless guitar pack, and so like. There was times when I would just be like, I'm going to just like leave the stage, go backstage up the flight of stairs and like go out onto the balcony where the crowd is and just like <laughs> stand on the edge of the balcony and just like, just, you know, play there or like, <laughs> you know, go jump on the bar or something like that. Or I don't know. It's just like, just having fun. And, and like, man, when you're on tour and you're playing the same set every night, 60 times, it's like you got to do stuff to keep it interesting and put on a good show and not be just super, you know, just phone it in and give the same show every night, you know? Yeah. Um, and you want to have fun too. That's like literally the whole point of being gone. Right. Like, absolutely. Yeah. You got to make it worth it, you know, worth your time. And back then it was just like, I'm barely making any money. So like, I got to get something out of this. <laughs> um, so yeah. And then also another big thing is like you, there's like a very obvious visual, cue that the audience is enjoying it which is like them jumping around and and doing a mosh pit or you know you know having fun whereas you're up there playing you know country or like any some sort of pop music and like there's little to no indication that people are enjoying themselves totally they might be bobbing their heads or singing along but it's just like a sea of just like people standing there you know and (laughs) It, it it became like a thing where like I don't really feed off crowd energy anymore. Like you kind of just like yeah focus on playing with the band and enjoying yourself and having fun. Whereas in metal, you kind of like these people are going nuts. They're crowd surfing. They're jumping everywhere. They're moshing. Like and you feed off that energy and that kind of like you know gives you that gives more to your performance. You know totally. And that and I mean what a fun that is the immediate feedback. You know you're right. doing good if kids yeah. are dancing and there's people crowd surfing and like with country yeah. it's like 
Maybe you're doing good if everybody's drunk by the end of your set, or maybe that's mm-hmm. an insult. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you can tell by your alcohol sales how your show is. But honestly, like it's a double-edged sword, though, because if you're playing metal and you're up there and you're rocking out and headbanging and people are just standing there watching, oh. you feel like such a jabroni, dude. It's like... Jabroni! Uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm like... You're almost like feel like you're faking it because you're like, yeah, what's up, rock and roll, like headbanging and stuff, and people are just like, yeah, this sucks, or just you know, just like standing there. So there's a you know, there's a give and take to that for sure. It's like you're like, what's up, New York? Let's fuck this shit up, and everybody's just standing. Yeah, and then no one fucks shit up, dude. Yeah, it's like that's not what you want. Dude. You ask someone when you ask someone to fuck shit up and they don't do it. Uh, there's nothing lower. There's nothing worse. Especially at a rock show, it's different if you go to like Home Depot and you kick open the automatic doors and you're like, "Let's fuck shit up," and the cops arrest you. And yeah, it's kind of expected. Yeah, yeah. At least you know what you're getting into there. <laughs> or if you like walk into a Chick Fil A and you kick the doors down, let's fuck shit up. Are you- <laughs> Oh, that's even worse though. They, they no cursing on site allowed, dude. At Chick Fil A, <laughs> in that's the playground, a... you kick yeah. the door up into the. Playground. That's a one way ticket to getting arrested for sure, <laughs> dude. Where off the top of your head, where is the perfectly imperfect place to kick the doors down and scream, "Let's fuck shit up, go"? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> Where's the perfect, you know, I mean, obviously you, you don't want to do it, uh, during Easter Sunday at a, at a church. <laughs> um, that's obviously going to be a terrible, terrible way to make an introduction into a room. That's a good um, one, but you parlayed off my Chick-fil-A one. You need to come up with something original. Don't you're not me. wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, that reminds me the worst, the worst gig I ever played in my life when was, was when I was. Um, in my first local band and uh, we had a fan of the band who had committed suicide unfortunately and their parent their mom asked if we would play their funeral Um, yeah and they asked us she asked us to play um, his favorite song which was Under Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers Um, but then she asked us to play a song that we covered a lot which was Alive by P.O.D. Um, and that's like a drop C heavy rock song. And we had to play that in front of an entire church of like <laughs> mourning family members and friends. Um, and dude, it was the worst, it was the worst gig I've ever played in my life. Like people were like in the front, like the grandmas were in the front row covering, covering their ears. And like, people were just like, why is this happening to us? And I was thinking the exact same thing on stage. I was like 16, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just like asked to do this thing that was like totally way heavier than, you know, I could, I could ever imagine, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it was just the worst. And like our guitar player had to stop twice to retune during, <laughs> during the song because it was drop C. Um, of course, of course, Johnny. We, yeah, of course we were a local band, so we didn't have two guitars. Like it was one guitar, and we had to play under the bridge in standard tuning and tune down to drop C for POD <laughs> on stage. And so, like, of course the guitar went out of tune mid song. We had to stop and retune it. So, yeah, 
So speaking of like doing terrible, inappropriate things in a setting that you shouldn't be in, there, there that is. I've, I've lived it, so I don't need to talk about it anymore. Oh, I would like to change the subject, please. <laughs> 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 uh, see, you see, it's nice to be able to set the bar, though, because like my very first band ever gave me the worst show of my entire life. And like, <laughs> it wasn't just like a show that no one came to or like a fight broke out or something like that. It was like circumstances. It was the perfect storm of circumstances that made it the worst kick I will ever play in my life. I don't Dude, think you get. I don't think yeah. you get any worse. On the heels of that, either a no one showing up or b a fight breaking out sound like really exciting shows compared to that. Yeah, I'll take it, dude, all day. Dude, Just I think. Never... Okay, I think. I think. I can think of a lot of worst shows I've ever played, but one in particular <laughs> was the, like the first, 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 first band I was ever in. Uh, we, we, it was, <laughs> it was very, very, very bad, uh, band for this uh, artist or whatever, like just whatever. And, uh, <laughs> we were all in like high school, like youth group or whatever. And he got mm-hmm. asked to play the singles ministry event. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's just like. Like a bunch of really awkward, either older college students or like twenties and thirties, uh, single people, Perfect. like hanging out at this event <laughs> at a church. Dude, I mean, it's already bad enough when it's a singles event, like awkward enough when it's a singles oh, yeah. event. But it's like a, a oh, Christian yeah. singles event. Oh yeah, that's like a next level. Oh, a dude, whole new layer. Just... I just remember like the lighting was really weird and like I couldn't tell if it was like do you go to the tables and talk to each other I mean and I was like I think I was like 15 at the time so I was just yeah. like completely unaware just I knew that man this sucks like the whole <laughs> <laughs> even at 15 you're like this isn't right something's yeah. wrong I was like I, I kind of felt bad for everybody there I was like do, you, do these people want to be here <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, not, not knocking singles night. You, you know, people have got to figure out. You know, people oh. need to. People get desperate. You get desperate. You know, dude, no knocks at all, bro. No knocks. Yeah, other but than man. my band being the worst band ever. <laughs> yeah, but other than other than asking a band to perform, it's just something about like, like yeah, like the whole thing of like kicking down a door, and being like yeah, like, like just the wrong band at the wrong time. Yeah, and What's that's Christ Lutheran. <laughs> What's up, Christ Lutheran Singles Night? We're here to fuck shit up. Ready to get fucked. <laughs> this song is called "Fuck You." <laughs> Yo, that shit is funny. Oh my gosh, I feel like there's like there's a meme waiting to be made. That's like the top of it is like. You write the caption of like whatever, and it's a front man like screaming into a microphone, and yep. then the bottom of it is like senior citizens like trying to go to sleep or something. The most, yeah, the most <laughs> in- inappropriate place to start a mosh pit. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, sorry, man. I know it's probably not even that funny, and I'm gonna listen back to this and like edit out like minutes of laughing because i'm such a dumbass but man no good. dude it's 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 good to laugh at our pain you know that's the only way to like have a good to have a good memory of it you know i mean because otherwise otherwise who wants to remember some of these terrible 
gigs we've played in our lives, you know. You gotta have a silver lining. You gotta, you gotta laugh. <laughs> well, it's just so funny too, because like there's like the upside, like people will see like a cool picture of you foot on the amp, just like whoa, shredding, and you're like, Whoa, that's so sick. But no one ever thinks about like the road to get there. You know, no one ever thinks about the show at the funeral with grandma yeah. covering her ears in the front row, <laughs> you know? Well, you know, that's all like everyone pays their dues in whatever field they're in, of course. But mm-hmm. yeah, there is certainly like a whole assumption that, that, you know, the road is all fun and games, you know? Um, when in reality, every, every, every job is like, has its, has its pros and cons, you know? Totally. Um, everyone, you know, especially now, like the older I get and, and the more I tour with people who are actually grown as adults, it's like, it's like backstage is like people on their phones or reading books or, you know, it's like there's wine and cheese provided, <laughs> you know, there's yeah. no, no one's taking shots anymore. No, certainly no one's doing like lines of Coke or anything like that. It's like, <laughs> boring. it's a lot more relaxed now. It's a lot yes. more boring. I love sure. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh dude, I embrace it hundred percent. Like I was never really big into partying or anything like that. I just like, I just it didn't really appeal to me, you know, and I hated being hungover and, and, you know, it just seemed like just, I would rather not go out to a bar till 4am. I'd rather like get in my bunk and fall asleep watching Breaking Bad or something, you know, or whatever it was Seriously. back then. Um, actually be able to wake up and like go out and like explore the city before having to load in or something, you know, that always made more sense to me when traveling than finding the, the skeeziest bar you can find, you know that totally. night yeah before so but yeah so everything has got its silver lining and, and everything has the opposite as well you know everything's good everything's bad when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to you know someone's job there's always pros and cons yeah what are what's like what's like one thing that you're surprised that you enjoy now that you necessarily didn't think you would have enjoyed uh, when you were younger in regards to touring or what music stuff or whatever? Yeah. Um, I'd say like in the past four or five years, I try, I would try to, um, seek out like food, like the good, the good places to eat in a city. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, like, you know, like everyone's high point in their day is when they're eating lunch or dinner, you know, it's like everyone looks forward to eating and so like it kind of came to a point where it's like well should do i just want to eat mcdonald's every single day or should i like try and find the best restaurant in the city or like at least like an area around me that locals can recommend you know that that was actually going to like make this a memorable experience in the city rather than just sitting in a green room you know or sitting at starbucks or whatever oh, like, yeah. if you're a coffee if you're a coffee drinker why not try and go find like a dank ass cup of coffee from like yeah. the best ro- roaster in town rather than just getting like a, a burnt black coffee from Starbucks, you know? Absolutely. Um, so that was a big thing. Like I have a lot of great memories of like food spots around, around America and beyond, you know, just trying to, what, am, you know, what else am I going to do? Like you, you've got nothing to do after sound check till the show time. You've got like five or six hours, you know, you have to eat at some point. So might as well like, Dope try and like, yeah, find out where Guy Fieri went on diners, drives-ins, and dives, you know, and then yeah, go, <laughs> go throw down. So, you know, <laughs> that was a big thing. Just yeah, trying to, try to enjoy the city 
mm-hmm. you know, what, what the city has to offer that the other city or just didn't, didn't have, you know, and that, that is definitely got to be one of like a really under understated upside. Cause that's like, it's not really like expanding maybe your worldview necessarily. Cause that's probably like a whole other like tangent of debate or whatever, but you are really broadening your horizons in some ways, depending where you go, you are meeting different people. You're tasting different food. You're experiencing different culture because you're not in the safety and comfort and commonality of your own home. You know, you're elsewhere. You're a stranger. Right. Yeah. Or or the restaurants you're used to or anything in your town, you know? Yeah. And I mean, the same goes for like any hobby. Like we, we try to go find record stores to, you know, buy vinyl and, feel to come home with like a stack of records is always really cool or going to finding like you know thrift stores or like nashville for example it's impossible to go to like a thrift store and find cool stuff anymore because there's so many people here everyone's so hip everyone is looking (laughs) for like that the cool vintage stuff you know yeah but you go to like middle america middle of nowhere on a tuesday afternoon mm-hmm. like you might find some gold at the goodwill you know yeah yeah um totally. so that's always really cool and like or, or searching craigslist to like try and find a cool instrument or something like that that someone's selling that in a town where it's not music city you know like yeah if a cool guitar pops up here like that's going to be gone immediately yeah um, and expensive if, yeah exactly so but if someone like someone's guitar that their grandpa left to them and they're you know they're just trying to get rid of it and make some money so they can survive or, or you know, buy something they care about. It's like you, if you stay vigilant in a, in a town like that, you might come across some yeah. really cool stuff. So. Yeah, I guess I'll give you a hundred bucks for that sixty-two Fender P bass. Whatever. I guess it's, it's no big deal. I guess if it's Dude, worth it. <laughs> we had a family friend. We had a family friend here in Chattanooga who sold their dad's like fifty, fifty-seven gold top les paul um on ebay for like a stupid low price and like the dude bought it immediately and like drove from pennsylvania to pick it up yeah of um, course damn and but i was like man if i had like if i had known or like had found out about this like i missed it by like six months they had they had already Jeez. sold it and i was just like if anything i could be like yo you could ask like five times more for this guitar Oh, that um, hurts. <laughs> but people don't know, you know, and yeah, and yeah. I'm not trying to like take advantage of someone not knowing what they have, you know, totally. of course, but like, um, it'd just be cool to, you know, even if it's like not worth a lot, but you're getting a good deal on it. It's still cool to come across an old instrument and, and that's not being used, you know, and to use it yourself. Know yeah. What I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Well, dude, we've been, we've been chatting for a hot minute here. Uh, and I don't want to take up any more of your time. Uh, but before we bounce, can you let our friends know where they can find you? Oh, uh, dude, they can find me at my address, which I will give <laughs> at another time, um, along with my personal information. Mm-hmm. Social, the online. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Strong? Yeah, no. At Dane Poppin, dude. I'm everywhere. At Dane Poppin. At it's Dane easy. Poppin. Easy. I'm on the gram. I'm, I'm tweeting. I'm on the FB. Um, Starbucks? None of you? No. F B, dude. F B. F B. Oh, Facebook. Oh, I saw you said S B, bro. Come on, dude. Man. You're so vintage, dude. Bro. Come on, get with, get with the times, dude. Bro, bro. Facebook. 
Facebook. It's the way of the future. What a nerd. Anyways, well, <laughs> dude, <laughs> thank you so much for chatting, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's great to it's great to like have an excuse to like stay on the phone with a friend for an hour and like actually catch up and just bullshit, you know? Right. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen that often. I, like some of my best friends, I just like. I barely talk to you just because everyone's living their life and everyone's dealing mm-hmm. with their stuff, you know? So it's good to like, just be like, look, you know what? Let's have a phone call. Let's catch up. Like it's, it's good for both of us, you know? Totally. Yeah. I, I, my favorite part of doing this is that very thing. I feel like I, I get the joy of getting to like this, man, it's just great to chat, to chat. Mm-hmm. It's great to chat, dude. Tat, yeah. Tat, bro. <laughs> Dude, I'll tat you. I'll tat you anytime, dude. Dude, dude, tat me on the Starbucks. Day or, day or night, I'll tat you at SB, dude. Sick talk. <laughs> All right, man. I'll catch you later. All right, brother. Peace.